it is, let's see, Thursday morning, April 29th, 2021, here in Tallahassee, Florida. And so glad you're joining us this morning. We are walking through the book of Exodus and have been for most of this year so far. Started back at the beginning of the year. And we are coming down the home stretch. We're in Exodus 35. And just to kind of set the context here for us, Israel um, found itself in Egypt for 400 years, went from favored nation status to um, slave status over that period of time, and cried out to God, and God raised up a deliverer, Moses, a prophet, after his own heart. And under Moses' leadership, God led the people out of Israel, um, not to do whatever they want, but they were freed from slavery to Egypt and Pharaoh, and they became God's own possession. And God has been leading them in the wilderness toward the promised land, and he has finished giving them his law. They've been encamped around Mount Sinai. The first go-around didn't go well. They worshipped the golden calf. They grew impatient, wanted to worship God in their way. But God in his grace and mercy, slow to anger and abounding in love, um, reinstituted the covenant. Moses has come down. We saw last time how um, the glory of the Lord was mediated through Moses. And so there had to be a veil over Moses' face after he had been done talking, lest the Israelites be blinded. And now, as we go from chapter 35 to the end of the chapter, into the book actually, we're, we're going to discover how was it that Israel um, responded? How was Israel to respond to the grace and mercy of God? And of course, there's going to be a, a very clear parallel for us. Now that we have been bought back, redeemed by Jesus Christ from the bondage of sin and slavery, um, what does our life of worship, what is it to look like? And so, so two things I um, want to look at here in, in chapter 35 and really the beginning of chapter 36. We're not going to read every word um, because it's fairly lengthy, but we're going to read enough to give you kind of the idea that as soon as God had given the law and Moses turns his attention to the people and calls them into obedience to God, um, there, there, there's two main categories of things that they set their mind to. One were contributions, and two were was construction. Okay, and so we're going to look at that in a technical sense, but also in a much broader sense. So let, let's start in verse four of chapter 35. Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, "This is the thing that the Lord has commanded: take from among you a contribution to the Lord, whoever is of." A generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns, and fine twine linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins, and goat skins, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones, and stones for setting, and for the ephod, and the breastplate. Um, look down at verse 20 that all the congregation of the people of israel departed from the presence of moses and they came everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him and brought the lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the holy garments so they came both men and women all who were of willing heart brought 
brooches and earrings and signet rings and armlets, all sorts of gold objects, every man dedicating an offering of gold to the Lord. And every man, one who possessed blue or purple or scarlet yarns or fine linen or goat's hair or tanned ramskins or goatskins brought them. Everyone who could make a contribution to silver and bronze brought it um, as the Lord's contribution. All right, so the the essence of, of this portion of Exodus 35, and I just read some excerpts, is, is simply this. God said, now that I've given my law, now is the time to bring your contributions, your physical possessions, your offerings, your money as an act of worship to me. Now, we've mentioned this before, but it bears repeating again. When you think about a slave people in the land of Egypt um, and coming out of slavery, they seem to have an awful lot of bling, the Israelites, do they not? There's a lot of jewelry. There's a lot of gold. There's a lot of... Um, cheddar, um, so to speak, um, that they have tons of jewels and spices and fine fabrics. And, and we have to ask, where did this come from? Well, of course, it came by God's gracious provision where the Israelites went to their neighbors, the Egyptian neighbors, um, asked for possessions. And the, and the Egyptians freely gave it because they wanted the Israelites out of there. So this was kind of like their farewell gift. And God now says, take a portion of that which I gave you and offer a sacrifice to me. Offer, as part of your spiritual worship, part of your possessions. And, and what's interesting about this, okay, there's a lot of parallels for us to understand, is that, of course, this was not the Israelites' money to begin with, right, or possessions. It had all been given to God. And God is now saying, as part of your response of graciousness, generosity, thankfulness, worship to me for what I've done in your life, as part of your spiritual act of worship, now give a portion of that back. Now, what's interesting, okay, is that there is no specific designated portion here, okay? It doesn't, this is not part of the regular tithes and offerings of the Israelites, um, this is a, a free will offering. This is something that uh, people were, were called to do out of the generosity of their hearts. And in this way, I think this, this passage is a, is a real picture of what worship and giving is to look like as new covenant people. All right? our, our starting point should never be um, how much. Okay, that, that, that shouldn't be the, the starting point because it's a, it's a natural question. It's not an unimportant question, but it shouldn't be the first question. The first question is, what does generosity look like in my life? In light of what God has entrusted to me spiritually and materially, what does, what does worship, what does giving, what does generosity look like within the context of my life? And it's here that God's new covenant people are compelled to give out of the generosity of their heart. And so we believe as New Testament believers, um, the call to generous giving doesn't cease under the old covenant. While we don't have the same commandments um, towards tithing um, 10% in the way that we did in the old covenant, um, God's new covenant people have the idea that not just 10% is God's, it's all God's. And so what does, what does generous giving look like? 
Now, I do think as a practical rule of thumb, 10% is a great starting point. It's a great place to begin for, for most Christians, right? To begin to, to ask, um, how do I live a life of generosity? Now, there could be for some people in our culture where 5% might be extraordinarily generous. On the other hand, there might be for people, 10% is not really generous at all because of what God has given. But again, that's a matter for people to determine in their heart before the Lord. But what we see here as a pattern is that people are to worship God through their material possessions, their, their giving. Now, um, there's a second part of their worship, though, and I think this one is just as timely and just as pertinent to us as believers. Um, look down at, um, um, well, first of all, go back to verse 10 for a second. So God's called them to give of their physical gifts. Now, look at how God calls them to give of their spiritual gifts. Now, verse 10, let every skillful craftsman among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded. Okay, um, look at verse 25. And every skillful woman spun with her hands, and they all brought what they had spun in blue and purple. All the women whose heart stirred them to use their skill spun the goat's hair. Verse 30, Then Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill and intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting stones for setting and in carving wood for ever for work in every skilled craft and he has inspired him to teach both him and oliab the son of eshmalach of the tribe of dan he has filled them with skill to do every sort of work done by an engraver etc etc now what are we learning here well we're learning that this call to worship god through their giving didn't just extend to their pocketbooks, their material possessions. It also extended, just as importantly, to their spiritual possessions, their spiritual gifts, the, the way God had endowed them um, skillfully to work with their hands, to, to, to use their God-given abilities and spiritual gifts um, to either help build the tabernacle or to spin the yarn or to carve or build. And in fact, Chapter 35 and chapter 36 are are sort of are just full, right, of this of these examples. And it's a it's a reminder again as new covenant believers that God doesn't want us to just um, uh, stroke a check every month or give online electronically. You get the idea, um, and then say somebody else will just attend to it. My my, my part is just to give. No. We're actually all called to give. We're actually all called to serve. We're actually all called to use our spiritual gifts for the building up of the body. And that's going to differ, right? We see this in this, in this, in this book, I mean, this chapter. Um, there is a lot of um, different skill sets required to serve the, um, the people of God through their worship. And, and everyone's called to, to do their part. So again, Tim Keller um, famously said, that in, in sort of old school traditional church, we think of church as a football game, right? Um, where 22 players are on the field um, playing and 80,000 people are in the stands either applauding or booing. And the reality is, is that we are all called 
to be on the field, whether it's it's the quarterback or playing or coaching or being um, the trainer or the announcer or I mean you you get the analogy right it breaks down after a while but all of us are called to think about how do I give of my money how do I give of my time and of course all of this makes a huge claim right on our on our time um, so so time is the most important precious thing we have and so we 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 know um, a life of generosity makes a claim, not just on our money, not just on our, our physical gifts, our, our spiritual gifts, but it makes a claim on our time. And again, this is part of our spiritual act of worship. Now, one last thing here, just, just I love this. Um, look, at, look, look in chapter 36, verse three. They still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning. So that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came, each from the task that he was doing, and said to Moses, The people bring much more than enough for doing the work the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave command, and word was proclaimed throughout the camp. Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution of the, of the sanctuary. For, so the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. Um, it's a glorious thing to be able to announce to the church, um, we need volunteers for children's ministries for the summer, and God has abundantly provided, so much so, right, that we don't need any more volunteers. In fact, we have more than, than, than we can use. Now, let me say this, we're not at that point yet, <laughs> okay? Hint, hint, nod, nod, pride, pride. Um, but there's a spirit there which says, how can we out-generous one another in the best sense? Not in a competitive sense, but in a way that, that really brings glory and honor to God. Because the people, the hearts of the people were moved. Moved to give sacrificially, moved to serve sacrificially. And we want to say, God, make us the same way, both in our personal lives and in our life in the family of God, the local church. All right, there we go. Um, we're going to, to be cruising into 37, chapter 37, uh, tomorrow morning. We hope you join us then, same time, same station. Lord, pray that you would give us a heart of thankfulness, a heart of service, a heart of generosity that extends into our money, our pocketbooks, our possessions, our time, our spiritual gifts. Lord, not to earn your favor, but as a response to your favor that you've shown us through Jesus. It's in his name we pray.